everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We have a great show, kind of a boozy show today. There's a lot of going to be a lot of liquid flowing and some good Italian food. Um, Nick, you wanted to say a couple of things before we got started. Well, there's so much happening in and around the D.C. metro area. Um, David and I got to stop in to Jane Jane, which is good, good, uh, opened up by uh, J.P. Sagatane. A great neighborhood bar, It's period. a little cocktail bar, and we're so excited for J.P. He's a good friend of ours, and the cocktails are beautiful, and uh, the space is darling, but beware. They do not take reservations, and it's a 30-seat bar, so you may be waiting for a little bit. Um, also... The Rammies are coming up, and they will be happening on September 19th. I am one of the MCs or presenters or something. I'm going to be there is the point, and you should too. Uh, but you must buy your tickets by Monday, August 30th. So do not forget, it's going to be an incredible industry blowout, uh, and we want to see everybody there. Okay. All right. So uh, let me give you the lineup for today. Um, Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets is on. Uh, first of all, congrats on your son's marriage. Mazel tov. Thank you very much. Sh- Thank you. He should have called me. I would have given him a marriage tutorial okay. first. Can but- you just introduce all okay, the people yes, who are going to be sorry. on the show, please? Uh, we're going to be talking about what's going on at the markets and back to school and Labor Day and all of that. Um, Jennifer Kendall is here. She's the bar manager at Magnolia's at, Magnolia's at the Miller in Percival. And she's going to be mixing up some cocktails for us, including a honeydew margarita honey, do called me. Honey Do You Love Me. That's what you know. Her father said when we were going to get married. He said cantaloupe. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And just in time for our getaway to Sardinia, we're having a little taste of Italy here. Um, uh, Camp Springs chef, uh, owner and chef. Um, I'm sorry, I'm doing that wrong. Via Roma, which is in Camp Springs, the owner and chef Biagio Cipollaro is in. He makes Roman style pizza, which is a very special uh, kind of pizza that even it's not um, a pizza. It's a pinza. It's a pinza, but it's a special kind of pizza, right? That's, he's nodding because okay. that's... But it's that, not a pizza. It's but a that's, pinza. But are, are you Italian? No. Well, okay. Fred's An Italian, Italian wrote the okay, description of it online. Let's talk to Deb. So Hi, we're going to do that. Hi, Deb. How are you? Hi. How are Hi, you? So you sit and listen to that introduction every week and think, oh, my God, are they ever going to Well, if you'd ever me? be quiet and let me do it. So you, taste you know what? Long. It gives me a good laugh every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you laughed. This is what it's like at home. Yeah. So what's happening in the markets? Yeah. So, you know, we're coming up on the trifecta of events next weekend. First, we have back to school and and we want to encourage everybody to keep up those good eating habits that they've been, you know, promoting at home all during the, the pandemic. So now your kids are going back to school, pack them those same healthy lunches you've been doing at home. Mm -hmm. We've got plenty of fruit and it's going to go, the peaches will go through October. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Labor Day, of course. And for your barbecue cookouts, we have all the good stuff, sausages, salamis, ribs, you name it. We've Mm -hmm. got it. And then we have uh, the Jewish holidays coming up. So those are early this year. They're early. 
They're really they're early. They're early. never on time. They're screwing me <laughs> up. They're never on time. And the briskets are going fast, so mm. uh, reserve yours now. I know it's it seems like a lot, but we'll be over the hump in a couple of weeks, and then you can enjoy the rest of fall coming on. I know. I can't believe it's coming. Well, I thanks know. so much, Deb. And everybody should get their orders in because you can order your brisket, right? That's right. So that you, you make sure it's there to be picked up. Right, right. And several vendors have them, so, you know, get them in. And all your vegetables and your fruits and whatever you want to make, we've got it. Great. It's a full-service farm market. Oh, okay, great. thank you. Tell everybody where they can find you online, Deb. Uh, centralfarmmarkets.com and look for our new location at Pike and Rose. We just moved around the corner in the uh, complex, not too far, but we're there. Excellent. Okay. Thanks so much, Dad. All right. Have a good Thank holiday. You. All right. So, Jennifer, step up to the plate. Jennifer Kendall is the bar manager at Magnolia's at the Miller in Percival. And uh, I like know, the name. What, what is the Miller? Well, it's it's actually the Mill. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so you just keep saying sorry. it wrong. Well, it said the Miller in some of that information that no, I was No, it didn't. Given. Maybe Wanna you bet? just wrote it wrong. Want to bet? It's copied and pasted. Uh -huh. well, tell us about the Mill. Yeah. It's actually a really neat, historic, old working mill. Um, I believe it was in, it was working until about 1965, and then it was eventually down the road about 14, 15 years ago taken over as a restaurant. Cool. So they, re they remodeled the inside of it for the most part, added a kitchen, all of those things that you need. But is some of the mill... Accoutrement um, is still there? Very much so. The millstone. So were they the... milling flour? What were they uh, milling? I believe it was grass seed. Oh, yeah, cool. So they used it during World War II to help um You know, I've smuggle. always wondered about that. How do you? Where is grass seed in the grass? Okay, does she look like that? <laughs> I don't she know. But She's I, a that's a little over This is like a, it's becoming a science program. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I love when he but, asks questions that... Nobody can possibly answer. Yeah. That's called Google. But Jennifer looks smart. She is well, smart. It is, it is a really neat, it's a really neat place. Percival's a really small, really neat historic town. It's by mm -hmm. this really old uh, railroad station. So there's just a, it's just a really quaint, cute little place. Um, the mill was actually built in 1905. So that's, how, it was two neat. mills in the same spot before then that burnt down. Third time's a charm and it's been up and running since. You better hope so. So now yeah. tell yeah. us about the restaurant. So the restaurant is very much farm to table. Um, everything's locally sourced, um, including you know all of the produce. I'm sorry, all of the poultry, seafood, mm -hmm. meat. Um, same with the cocktail menu that we're doing now. It's really trying to you know mirror that with very farm to table kind of cocktails, basically. So what does that mean? <laughs> right. So what does that mean for you, farm to table cocktails? Um, just using all fresh ingredients, um, locally sourced products. Mm -hmm. um, all the way down to like even infusing our different vodkas, things like that. Everything is just from local farms. But that means seasonally you have to get creative, right? Yes. So that, and that's you the still fun use part, though. lemons, yeah. though, right? Right. Lemons can't be locally sourced. Well, okay. It's majority locally sourced. No, because <laughs> That's no. right, Nikki. <laughs> what? Take the guest pants down right I'm here on the air. That's just terrible. Saying, like, there are people <laughs> who have tried that, and it's not really a success. I mean, you want to be as local as possible, and right, I applaud right. those efforts, but, like, you still need lemon. Right. So, I mean, it's obviously not 100 percent, right. but as much as we can make it that way, yes, of course. So what are some of those things that you are sourcing locally? I mean, first of all, where you are now, there's so many great distilleries. Like you oh, have yes. so much at your fingertips. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, for example, even um, I'm going to go next week. to There's a vinegar, this, this uh, distillery that makes different vinegars in Percival. And oh, everything cool. is what they grow on their property. And they do different seasonal vinegars oh, to start neat. doing shrubs and stuff to put in the cocktails. Um, the list goes on. What was my mind just kind of left me for a second. That's okay. Well, what are you making for us for us? Okay, so right now I'm gonna Look do I'm gonna do the honeydew margarita. That's a girl. Right. All right. Okay. So, so what's in it? 
So that's going to be a fresh made honeydew juice. It's going to be fresh lime juice. Of course, everything's always going to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of simple syrup. We're going to do some Grand Marnier, which gives it a nice little orange liqueur feel to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Casamigos Blanco. Oh, cool. All right. Well, while you're making that, we're going to go to our first guests. Well, and we're going to talk to Brent and Masako about Maxwell. Brent, look over here, Brent. Okay. Get that microphone in front of you. So why don't you do a couple of seconds on Maxwell and and you know, your background, and then we'll get to Masako in a second. Well, yeah, uh, Maxwell is named after my childhood park in Detroit. They're two, like, uh, neighborhood, casual, I think, local, small bars. They're around 1,000 square feet. It's all about being fun, rotating things all the time, and just having, like, a really casual vibe. Like, no reservations, loud music, T-shirts, stuff like that. But you have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Navy Yard in uh, Shaw. And, but it's a... It was, oh, you opened it up, what is it now? Like five years? It's about four and a half. Okay. So you uh, opened up your original one, and, um, but it was supposed to be just a wine bar. You were kind of serving like snacky foods. You weren't really serving like meals, right? Where you changed. There's been a change. So let's figure out how you got there. We um, basically had been having different chefs help us with our kitchen, but it had just been very, you know, casual, just like, you know, chef's iterations of the menu and snacks here or there. And then, Mm -hmm. uh. During COVID, we did a tasting with uh, Masako, and we're just blown away. And we asked her, you know, when's the fastest you can start? Can you do both bars? And stay true to, like, what your style is for cooking, but just make this as fun as, you know, we feel the bar is. So but so, what was the decision to expand the menu? Um, it, it was just basically thinking that, like, what can we do to be better at all times with wine, with food, with everything that we do? Mm-hmm. And Masako is part of that. So Masako... Hi. hi. Can you move your head? I can't see her. Why, is my head that big? Yes. Um, hi. So you and I met, yes. like, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at Nick Stefanelli's opening of uh, Officina, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we first met. Officina. Okay, whatever. Um, did you know what I was talking about? No, but yes. I mean. Stop. So what have you, like, let's talk a little bit about your background, where you've been cooking, how long you've been in D.C., and et cetera. Yes, so I first moved to D.C. 2013. I had a completely different job. The reason, actually, I kind of have to move to D.C. was um, I've been cooking. Um, I've been actually dancing. Like, Do you um, dance while you cook? No, I, I think that's a good... <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I never tried that before. Anyways, um, yeah, I've been dancing, and I tried out for Washington football team. Cheerleader, and I came here to audition. That was like my long time goal, Uh and uh, for some reason I made the team. So that's why I kind of had to move to DC. Okay, that was 2013. Uh, But like my background is actually cooking. Uh, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Kobe, Japan. My family has 89 years old liquor store, bar, restaurant. Oh, Um, cool! Actually, my parents still running it. So I literally grew up in the industry. Um, my mom was carrying me in her back while she was cooking, and my grandma was there too. So they're the two chefs. And um, yeah, so I learned everything from them. Um, when I first moved to the States, my goal was to introduce some Japanese culture that uh, people don't really know about. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, cooking is my vessel to do that, actually. So when I moved to D.C., you know, I was trying to find the food I used to grow up eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it was really hard to find. So, but 
So for Americans, mm-hmm. Japanese food, I mean, there is more Japanese food available today yes. than yes. there was 10 years ago. Absolutely. Sushi, but I mean, I think we're still mm-hmm. myopic in what we think of mm-hmm. as Japanese food, even mm-hmm. though we have izakayas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of people just think sushi mm-hmm. and ramen. Yes. Right? And yes. then there's like little snacks in between. Right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about what that food is to you mm-hmm. and what you're serving. Oh, this is, sh- don't talk. Please. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. We are back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, we're talking to Masako and Brent about the, the Japanese cuisine now available at Maxwell. I was going to sing If You Knew Sushi Like I Know Sushi. Which but, would have been really bad. But I'm not going to. Yeah, so, Masako, let's talk so about let's the So let's talk about the food you grew up with mm-hmm. and, and what we as Americans don't get to try. Right. So... You know, like in D.C., like you said, um, sushi and ramen are easy to find. But I always struggle to find, like, something I grew up eating, mm-hmm. which is um, which is actually basically what I'm cooking at Maxwell right now. Um, it's a good snacks, um, like salad, um, you know, the flavor. It's like we have, like, so much different stuff. What mm-hmm. are some of the, the actual, you know, things that I can buy there? At Maxwell? Yeah. You can order. Order. Yeah. Not buy. Order. Yeah, you're not. It's not a market. So we no. have, yeah, we have probably like twelve things on the menu right mm-hmm. now that I created. But uh, I'd say I think most authentic one to me is called okonomiyaki, mm-hmm. which is a Japanese savory cabbage pancake. Oh, yum! Yes, uh, but I try to have a little bit of a twist on my own mm-hmm. to go pair well with wine a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So um, I use prosciutto instead of. Um, like thin sliced pork belly, which I usually do mm. in Japan. Um, and then also the sauce. Uh, we have specific uh, pancake sauce in Japan, but I use the black garlic aioli instead. Well, do you, do you, on the menu, do you suggest pairings with the, the different dishes? Or how do you, because that's kind of a challenge for you, Brent, isn't it? To, to, Come up with the right pairings <clears throat> for the food. I mean, I think we're it's just, a challenge he's up to. No, just, no, no, that's not what I mean. But I mean, it's not, you know, it's not kind of that basic sort of stuff that people often serve where you can, you know, you get sort of a broader range of wines that you can sip while you're eating hmm. chips, you know, that sort of thing. I, I think the key is to leave it where it's not like formal because we're no reservations and we're very like casual. So I want to do something eventually on the menu where maybe we show like, uh, here's a few different items with a few different pairings, or maybe we'll do like an event where her and I will do like a ticketed pairing thing. Because mm. I, I love that. I have a career in that. But I don't want people to feel like we're someplace that, um, you know. You have to drink too, the wine with the dish. It's too formal, and you have to drink the food with the dish. And if mm-hmm. you show up and if you have your mind on trying something, that you have to like conform to like what we're, what we're doing with food and pairings. So not Rieslings. Not for me, <laughs> for but for other people, maybe. Um, so, but when you're working together, mm-hmm. how do you find the wines with the foods that you're making? Yes, yeah, so I usually leave the wine pairing part to the professionals. Okay. And Brent and all the staff at Maxwell is amazing. I'm super impressed um, every, every day. Um, every time I try to cook some new dish, and I usually, you know, have them try out, mm-hmm. and they instantly, almost instantly, come up with the the pairing. Isn't that the amazing? Wine they have it's it's amazing to me. That's like something I don't usually, I didn't usually see before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're so uh, as awesome. you're doing the menus, mm-hmm. you're doing both spots. Yes. So are you? Is it one menu for both spots, or because like Shaw is a little 
funkier than the Navy Yard. Right. Do you know what I mean? You got two really different kinds of um, patrons. Mm-hmm. So are you sort of making each menu a little bit more specific to the regions? Or was that the plan? Yes. So um, usually I try to use like some like fun product when I find out the farmer's market. I actually went this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to like switch up, then try to have like some specials every once in a while. But um, we actually just start running um, same menu up to both locations. Mm-hmm. So like you said, um, the Shaw is a little bit funkier. Yeah. Yeah. Funky area. Yeah. 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 So probably in like a week or two, I'm probably going to do a little bit slightly different menus in both locations. Mm-hmm. Currently, right now, we're running um, uh, same menu. Well, is this the first time that you're running two restaurants? Yes. Because that's not easy. Yes, it's pretty challenging sometimes. <laughs> yes, Because yes. you can't be in both places. Exactly. So who are you training the people mm-hmm. that you're working with and then just ex- expediting? Like, how are you doing it? Yes. So, of course, the menu creation, that's 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 me. Mm-hmm. Like I do all the menu creation, all the recipe making, everything. Uh, we do have amazing kitchen staff. So I was able to train him uh, for for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's he's now good to go. So he's, he's got it. having he's got any it. issues? Because everybody around town seems to be, you know, suffering Staffing. from lack of, you know, sort of available staff and even available... Um, you know, prospects. Are you having the same issue? Yes, actually, we just hired um, the the kitchen team to mm-hmm. be complete, but we struggled for probably like two months or so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it took us two months to find our final cooks. Yeah. We were only offering the menu um, five days a week, and it's going to be offered seven days a week starting uh, around in two weeks. In two weeks. Well, I- You'll be open seven days a week? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. You're like the only person. Nobody's open on Monday or t- and Tuesday is the new Monday. Like nothing's really open. Right, right. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, Brent means greedy in Martian. Doesn't it? <laughs> so it doesn't mean greedy. I'm, so I'm available uh, if you need help to taste all of your foods. I can't help you with the pairings because beyond Thunderbird, I don't know anything about wine. That is but not true. I will be happy to help you yes. taste. Such as Maxwell too. Like if you go there, she's not like expediting for a cook. She's there doing the dishes. If you go there, I'm not like training someone like I'm there serving your wine too so that's like the embodiment of like the concept too well and let's talk about the wines for just a bit how with are there like uh, my understanding is that there's a champagne shortage is that true I don't think so oh is that a lie is that a <laughs> they, they make like a billion bottles a year so I mean I and COVID actually makes people like drink less because there's less like a like giant events and right stuff. so I I don't I'd really have to feel it in the market to believe it. Okay. Maybe it's just like like the big name brands. Because like, I know that people can't get their hands on. I mean, I don't want Vouv. I would prefer growers. But, yeah. um, you oh, know, cool. I understand like. But of course. You know, like Vouv and like Dom, like the big name brands. Like yeah. you can't, you can't buy it. Is that not true? They might have issues with getting like shipments over here. But I'm like champagne in general as a whole. Like right. you're not going to go out and struggle to find Okay, that's champagne available. It might be like specific champagnes. Right. Okay. And so let's talk for people who haven't been into either Maxwell. Can we just talk about how you're sort of handling COVID and what you guys are doing to keep your staff safe and uh, keep patrons safe? It's true that champagne kills COVID, right? It does. (laughs) There's a lot of theories on what kills it. It was bleach at one point. That's right. I'd rather Uh, inject champagne than bleach, (laughs) if you don't mind. You had a preference. 
Um, what we basically do is we follow this what the CDC says um, mm-hmm. throughout all of this. Um, we pay for testing for staff. If we have to uh, furlough staff, we've created like CSA boxes. We've done uh, GoFundMe's. We've done classes where we've raised funds for uh, staff that's out of work. Mm. So we pretty much keep trying to adapt the business and adapt what we can do for staff because you can't just like plant your feet in what it is this month or this week. Right. It's constantly changing. Yeah. It is, unfortunately. Right. It is. All right. Let's Before make sure. we wrap up, though, you said you talked about doing classes together and tastings together. Is that something that's like planned that we can sort of let people know about or I, it's coming in the future? We just did our first class uh, recently. It was a German wine class in Shaw and it went really well. And okay. like we, we tried to make it not overcrowded and we, we sold out and, doing a cheese and wine pairing class next month in Navy Yard, and then I'd like to maybe do in October. Maybe that's our pairing class coming up potentially. Great. Okay. Well, keep us posted on all the classes, and uh, we can't wait to come in and try everything you're making. But let's make sure everybody knows where Maxwell can be found. I mean, we said Shaw in Navy Yard like (laughs) I know, but Shaw's a big neighborhood. If they're going to walk, just tell. Uh, Nikki, what kind of promoter are you? Let's let's tell them. Shaw's at uh, 9th and O. It's uh, 1336 uh, 9th Street Northwest by the Convention Center. Uh, Navy Yards at 1346 uh, 4th Street uh, Southeast. And just give your uh, Instagram handle, please. Instagram handle is uh, at Maxwell Park underscore Shaw and at Maxwell Park underscore Navy Yard. Excellent. Thank and you, And I haven't guys. been to Navy Yard, but I will say the Shaw place is really sweet. You it's very comfortable. You have been to Navy Yard. Not to the Maxwell's. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. We saw him there. Did we? Yeah. Was that me? Yeah. You walked in and said hi. We oh. walked in and said hi. We oh. didn't sit down and drink, but we said hi. I don't want people hi. to know that I know you, so I must okay. have rushed <laughs> right <laughs> out completely. All right. Let's go back to Jennifer, please. All right. So, Jennifer, so, you were talking about um, you know, how important it is for you to source as local as possible mm-hmm. with your drinks and with the food. How do you work with the, um, with the chef there with, when it comes to your cocktail program? Um, he's ac- ac- actually incredible. His name's uh, Chef Ian. He's very, very talented. Mm. Um, you like it? Yes, Whoa. it's delicious. That's a chili salt rim as well. Mama Cinta. Yeah. It's good. Wow, that's good. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I was going for refreshing in summertime. Well, let's so, yeah. hold on for the chef. So how much tequila is actually in here? Because I'm not, I mean. There's only an ounce of tequila in there. Woof. It's good. It's real good. Yeah. It's yummy. Very yeah. good. So, anyway, you were saying about the chef. No, he he's he uh, knows a lot of the local farmers. He really he's been in this area for a very long time, so he's got great relationships with so many different people. He just drove. We had a wine dinner on Thursday. He just drove about an hour and twenty minutes away to go pick up some rabbits from a farm, mm. just because he wasn't happy with any other location. So, so he's he re- committed. He takes a lot of pride. Oh yes. That's when he got amazing. there, I wonder if they said, "Eh, what's up, Doc?" Oh my god! Oh my so god! Think that's possible. <laughs> Oh my god. It's possible. It's Not possible. even. No. Kill the wabbit. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's actually a lavender farm in Percival. So um, I have a lavender Collins on the menu and we're um, using the fresh lavender from their farm to make Neat. lavender syrup so, and uh, how far out into the universe do you swing to to experiment with stuff? I mean, I saw the vinegars and all of that. I mean, are you do do you wake up in the morning and go, I'm gonna try this and it's so it's it's you know, almost ridiculous and then it works? Um, I, I don't take it to quite a science as some other people do. I like to stay a little more classical and traditional with things and just elevate every ingredient and make it taste so you can taste every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get a little more in depth with some of the cocktails, but with COVID times, it's just really hard to find, you know, a lot of qualified people and professional people right sure. now. So yeah, we're working, well, until we build up that, we can start going a little more right. intense. Yeah. Um, so. 
Let's talk about you just a little bit. We have another minute. How did you get into shaking cocktails? So I I came from the school of Knox. <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life, basically. Okay. And I eventually went up to, I was up in the Upper West Side for a while working at an amazing restaurant up there. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in a different part of New York, and I was doing the cocktails, seasonal cocktails. It was a farm-to-table fine dining restaurant. And I was actually doing their wine list pairing with their wine dinner and all of those different things. And I just realized how I just loved every day of going. I mean, I, there was not a day I didn't enjoy going into work and mm-hmm. creating new things. So I just I just fell in love with it and just decided to continue on going. And how did you end up in Percival from New York? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, actually, no, I was in Florida. Oh. This was five years ago when I was in New York. I okay. actually just came up here about three months ago from southeast Florida. Oh, wow. Um, I have a twin sister who lives in Winchester, Ah, and right. so oh my God! There's two of you. Yeah, it's, no. it's scary. No. Okay, we're gonna have to take that's a another break. client for Diane. Okay, sh- <laughs> we're gonna take a break, but before we do, tell us what you're shaking up for us next. Um, I'm gonna do what is called the spicy cokey pineapple, and that's gonna be with a two different infused vodkas we make with a jalapeno vodka, a pineapple vodka, cokey americano, a little agave, and. A little bit of pineapple. Sounds amazing. I love spicy drinks. Okay, this is uh, David and Nikki Nellis. We're on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis and my new best friend, Biagio Cepolato, who is the chef and owner of Via Roma in Camp Springs. And he is Napoletano. He's from <laughs> Naples. And uh, it allowed me to speak a little Italian this morning, which was great. Chef, welcome to the show. Hi, Chef. Thank, Thank you, for you for joining us. Me. Hi, guys. Oh, listen Hi. to that accent. Oh, okay. I'm in love. So, <laughs> Chef, let's get a little bit of your background. Yes. Um, you're from Naples. Did you grow up in Naples and cooking in Naples? How, let's talk about how, so, you, how you wound up here. I definitely grew up in Naples. I didn't cook in Naples. I, okay. I come from a different industry, which is journalism. Believe it or not, I started when I was 17 and worked until I was, I guess, 28, 29. Before, you know, the industry changed, I got out of there. Mm. And then uh, after graduating uh, from college, I got a call from someone here in the States, uh, family friends. They said, do you want to open a restaurant with us? And that was kind of a dream for me because uh, I always dreamed to live here in the United States. Mm-hmm. I was following the culture and everything uh, from Italy. Mm-hmm. And I packed my stuff and I came here and I opened a restaurant in uh, Rockville, Maryland. Oro Pomodoro. Yeah. Sure. Golden Tomato. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't there. You know, yes, we do. Uh, you remember? Okay. Yeah, 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 it was a long time ago. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, an idea to have a Neapolitan pizza mm-hmm. in. Uh, when Napolitan pizza was still unknown in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a funny story about it. When we first opened, uh, we were serving the pie. You know, when we cut it, Americans they used to pick up the slice, and the slice stays flat. With Napolitan pizza, unless you fold it like a wallet, right, it like won't stay up. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the customers were getting so mad that all the ingredients were falling. <laughs> and also because there was a lot of sauce and mozzarella, which released a lot of water. Mm. One guy once told me, you know, I didn't order a soup. I ordered a pizza. Yeah, because oh. it's soupy in the middle. That comes yeah, under the chapter in your biography called The Ugly American. Yeah, right. that was well, uh, the but, beginning. But in Americans' defense, I mean, if they had not traveled to Italy, well, if they hadn't traveled to Naples, really, because at that time, I mean, what did we eat? We ate, you know, New York-style pizza. You know what I mean? Which was... Domino's. No, not Domino's. <laughs> I didn't grow up eating Domino's. 
Uh, I grew up eating New York style pizza. Right. Uh, But then like in the 80s was when the explosion really started of Neapolitan pizza in the States and the, you know, people getting uh, accredited and things of that nature. So you kind of rode that wave in, right? Correct. And um, there's also to say that even in Italy, pizza until the late 80s wasn't the pizza that is today, Mm. uh, the Neapolitan pizza. Uh, those new guys really put a lot of science into it, and mm-hmm. the product that you're tasting now, it's completely different from what you what, were tasting 15 years ago. What, what is that? It's basically the science, the proofing time, the temperature, the way they put in and out of the refrigerator, the flowers that they use it. And I mean, it's amazing. Mm. And the funny story is that until I was 22 or 23, I hated pizza completely because I used to go downstairs uh, for where I used to live, one of the most, the oldest pizzeria in Napoli, and their pizza tastes so bad, so bad. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. Let me just back up here for a second. Yes. Even bad pizza, like Domino's, is it's good, good pizza. Like, I, it's bread, it's cheese, and sauce. I'm ashamed of you. I mean. <laughs> well, I disagree. Okay. I, I disagree because. Uh, no, I'm on there's... his side because he knows more. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not about the bad. I think there's bad pizza and mm-hmm. there's good pizza. And bad pizza, bad pizza doesn't. Have a right to exist. For I don't. I mean, I don't want to eat it, <laughs> but in a in a I'll rush, I would. But so, because actually, you know, the first time I went to Italy, I went to Rome, mm-hmm. and when we had pizza there, it was square pizza, Correct. and they cut it and made it like a sandwich. Correct. And I Correct. was like, "What is happening here? <laughs> I didn't understand." Well, yeah, that's that was more close to a focaccia kind of style pizza, right? Um, but was that actually Roman, or was that for the tourists? A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I thought that the Romans understood that the tourists will go with that kind of pizza and will like it more than having different kind of pizza like the Napolitan style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now in Italy, you have Roman style pizza. You have pinza, which right. is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Napolitan one. And we stop right well, That's there. a good so segue to pinza. So, right, where You're is making pinza. pinza? Yeah, and where Correct. is pinza from? Pinza's from Rome. Okay. Um, a gentleman about... 20 years ago, came up with a new recipe, mm-hmm. mixing different flours, uh, specifically rice, wheat, and soy, add some fiber. And um, he came up with this dough that it's very light, airy, easy to digest. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of water in it, uh, very hydrated. Just to give you an idea, Neapolitan pizza is 80% of water. So for each kilo of flour, which is about um, eight ounces, no, no it's 2.2 pounds of uh, flour, mm-hmm. we put nine, uh, 80% of water. Mm. We in the pinza, we put up to 90% of water. So that By dough way, must be so wet and sticky. Correct. It's very, very delicate to handle. Okay. And um, So how should, do you handle it? Do you well, have you, need to wet, and... you need to wet your hands first. No. Mm-hmm. You need to cut in uh, 250 grams, which is eight ounces, little. All uh, the drug bowl. dealers know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> and, um, boys. <laughs> and the way you close Poor it. Girls. Also, the way you close it, it needs to be very tight, mm-hmm. and uh, the racing process is up to 72 hours. Uh, so does it ferment? Is it a fermented dough? Yeah, it's, it, it raises a lot okay. during inside and outside the refrigerator process. Okay. Yes. All right, so talk about the sauce and everything else. Well, no, it's, talk about, you're, you're jumping ahead. Well, so the dough right. rises. Yes, the dough and rises. And then how do you And then what we do, it? we take it out of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. We let it finish the racing process outside about three, four hours four or five hours, I should say. Then we stretch open into rice flour. So we add another flour to it because mm-hmm. when it sticks on the bottom and when you cook it, 
It makes the bottom really, really crispy. Well, and rice flour is kind of silky, right? Yes. Yeah, it's got a really silky texture. Correct. And then we pre-cook it 25%, and mm. then we put it on the side. And when you guys come to Viaroma and order pizza, we finish up with the toppings, another 75% cooking in an electric oven. Okay. So when it's when you add the toppings, the rest of the dough cooks, and you put different toppings on just like you would a normal correct. pizza. But it's really all about the dough, So right? Yes, correct. So the way you do the electric oven, it's two different temperatures, one from the deck and one from the dome. Mm-hmm. So the deck, it's a little cooler than the dome, mm-hmm. so it cooks longer and it gets really crispy on the bottom, while the top stays very fluffy and airy. Mm. So I always say when you bite into the pizza, your brain tells you, oh, we had so much, so many pizza in our lives. What is this? Right. Because you got the crispy on the bottom of your, bar, of your mouth mm-hmm. and the fluffiness on the top. So it's amazing. But what about, are the, I mean, is the tomato sauce different than no. what goes on? No, no. I thought it was. No, no. We keep all the other ingredients like Neapolitan style. Sure. We are Neapolitans. We uh, really like what the Neapolitan pizza mm-hmm. toppings are. We kept the same way. The oh. difference, it's solely in the so, no. Is it something that you have to be a cred- like you know everything in Italy as you know you're Italian it gets you know DOCG and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is it the same thing with pinza like it is for the Neapolitan uh, pizza? There is an association that tells you that if you follow certain rules, mm-hmm. you are a certified pinzaiolo and a certified pinzeria. Okay. And we are applying for that license right a now. Professore di pinza. Yes, <laughs> sì, bravo, un professore di pizza. But that's what a pizza pizzaiola is, right? Yes, so as for the Neapolitan style, when we opened, we were one of the first to be uh, certified in the state of Maryland wow. from uh, the AVPN, which is Association Verace, which means really true, uh, pizzaioli napoletani, sure. because we were using wood fire pizza oven, certain flour. The pizza guy was from Napoli, so they gave us the certificate. Okay. Now we do it the same with the pizza. Now, uh, Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to ask about moving from Rockville mm-hmm. to Camp Springs. What yes. occasioned that? What? Well, Rockville was the first. It was an opportunity. I had some partners that decided to open over there, and uh, it was a great start. Then Camp Springs, it's more – I spent before opening this restaurant, I spent the last six years in National Harbor, and mm. I was running a couple of restaurants there. And uh, I loved PG County. And when the opportunity presented me through a developer to stay in PG County, I said yes right away. Oh, where were you in National Harbor? Um, Bomb 45 oh, and sure. Fiorello. I was director of operation for wow. this big group from New York, the Fireman Group. Yeah, they were in. Yeah. They were in when they opened. <laughs> okay. How long were you at Bomb 45? Six years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And then you decided. So was this a COVID no, pivot af- or no, did you after know you were going to do this? After Bond, I moved to another restaurant here in the city, mm-hmm. um, Cafe Milano. I was the general manager okay. there for a I year. I think I've heard of it. I'm pretty sure. Wait, are you the guy that told me to get out and yeah, you wouldn't you get Yeah, you don't take your kind yeah. there. Yeah, yes, I don't take your kind there. Yes, that's exactly your, your what happened. Your seat was taken by LeBron James. Yeah, 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 thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah, and I still think that was one of the greatest jobs I ever had. I mean, the atmosphere and the people you met there. Uh, it's a it was fun amazing. place. Yes. But then when COVID hit and uh, we shut down, I said, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And this guy approached me. Uh, he needed an Italian operator for his development. Mm-hmm. And I decided to join him. And um, instead of uh, doing another Napolitan pizzeria, I said, let's try something that it's very new and fresh to the United so States. So how do you go about um, educating the diner who comes in about pinza because it's 
it's just starting to gain some traction, just locally. Do they come in thinking they're getting a pizza? Yes. Okay. So um, the biggest, like it was tougher to educate people in 2008 about Neapolitan pizza. Sure. Right now, there's much more uh, knowledge it's, about well, pizza. An, it, people are more educated. Correct. And the region is more educated Absolutely. in general. I Absolutely. mean, just based on the sure breadth and depth of restaurants you that are here. You mean food educated? Yes. I, will, I also say specifically pizza educated. I mean, D.C. and the area is offering such a variety mm-hmm. of pizza products that people know at least the difference between uh, other pizzas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the, when the moment come in and they read what it is and they see the pizza in front of them and they pick up a slice and it already stays up and they put it in the mouth, there's an explosion of, of flavor. They get it. Yeah, they had no explanation. But it's not round like uh, yeah it's oval it's more like oblong right? correct it's like 14 by 7 mm-hmm. it's completely like a flat oval. football a flat football yes absolutely and with uh, a little bit of air in it with a little bit of air in it <laughs> not a deflated <laughs> no, not a deflated. <laughs> no no that's something else yes right. <laughs> okay wait we're gonna take a break but when we come back I'd like to talk about like what else is at Fiorama I'd and, love to um, we'll be back in just a sec this is David and Nikki Nellis Foodie and the Beast we'll be right back all right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're talking to chef owner of Via Roma in Camp Springs, Biagio Cepolato, who makes pinza, which sounds yummy. I mean, but you do so much more than pinza. But wait, wait, wait. He does okay. so much more. But but let's let's not stray too far. I want to hear about the other menu items. But you make a carbonara pinza. We do. We do. We. Um, I knew I loved you. But yes. Now, <laughs> Um, we do a carbonara pizza. We do carbonara pasta, but then we said, hey, if it's pasta, it's carbs, let's put it on the pizza. I mean, and might as well go pe- all the way. Yes, so and wait, people you, love it. You put the pasta on no, the No, no, no. So since we do okay. pasta carbonara, we can do uh, oh, okay. pizza so carbonara. Bacon, I'm sorry. It's pancetta. Guanciale. Real, real to pancetta. Say, yes. Okay, yeah. And uh, eggs and uh, salt, pepper, and oh, we whisk it, God and we put heaven. on the pizza, and that's oh, it. Mommy. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the other things that are on your menu. So we do uh, have a nice section of fresh meat pasta. We do pasta, uh, fresh pasta in the house almost every day. Mm. Um, we do have a, a sandwich also section. Um, we do a sub-sandwich and a more crispier uh, sandwich section. Uh, they both made with the same dough that we use for uh, pizza. We have some appetizers and salads, few dessert, and an amazing bar program. Oh, you do? Yes. I assume you have a great wine list. No, believe it. I have a short, consistent wine list. Mm -hmm. People nowadays, they really like uh, cocktails over wines. As I'm sitting here sipping my cocktail. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not with Um, my pasta. I'm Mm -mm -mm. very big on, um, we're very big on wines from Sicily. We love Sicilian wines right now. They're so good. They're great wines. Yeah, they're they're very good. So what about... I mean, are you open lunch and dinner six days a week? No, we close work? on Monday because we have to give a day of rest to our uh, amazing team. Uh, mm-hmm. As you all know, it's tough to find people to work in the industry right now. So we decided at least on Monday we will be closed. We open at 7.30 in the morning. We have a coffee shop inside the restaurant. Fabulous. Uh, so from 7.30 to 11.30, it's coffee shop 11 30 lunch bologna and all of that absolutely oh my god absolutely oh my god come open in kensington <laughs> yeah why are you we, there? we have tried we're looking for 
expand in the city I'll as soon as possible. I'll give you a room in our house. I yeah. will do that. I will All right. do that. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Tell everybody where they can find you, please, um, on Instagram and online. All right. You will find Via Roma on Instagram, on Facebook, and our website is uh, viaromamdlikethestate.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are situating Camp Spring, Maryland at 4531. And please come visit. Excellent. Thank My you God. so much. I will we be there. cannot wait to check it out. Ugh. Okay. All right, Jennifer, I see you're finishing that drink. It looks amazing, but come to the mic. So I have to tell you this last cocktail you make. You're making cocktails after my own heart. I'm not a huge <laughs> cocktail drinker, but when I do, I like them spicy. Mm-hmm. And this last drink you made is really delicious. Oh, good. And I'm it's not a killer spice, you know, like it's just but a it's, little subtle. It's, spice yeah, yeah, but it's beautiful. Wait, are those habaneros, though? That's jalapeno. jalapeno. Jalapeno, I mean. Sorry, yep. sorry, sorry. Mm. They both start with not H. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> J. Let's H. talk about how your cocktail program is, since it's so seasonal. We're still in summer. Whoa. I mean, mm-hmm. how are you? Are you preparing for the fall yet? Or are you still like totally digging all the stuff that's at the market right now? Um, Being from being in Southeast Florida for so long, I'm right. really excited about all the seasons <laughs> oh coming God. up. Basically, you don't you get one season in Southeast Florida, and that's summer. So, okay. um, so I'm already my mind's already going with the fall cocktail menu. I can't wait for that. I'm I'm actually probably going to put that out in the middle of September. And um, I just finished doing the brunch cocktail menu. We actually do a really nice brunch there on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm. It gets a very uh, huge turnout. So we're doing a mimosa flight with different seasonal fruits that we're going to do. Um, so the mimosa flight will change constantly of what flavors they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing a couple different Bloody Mary options and then just some fun breakfast cocktails that I created. That sounds great. So, like, what are some of the breakfast cocktails? Um, uh, one is a breakfast mule. Mm. So everybody loves mules. And this kind of just like a – it's an easier just spin on a mimosa, really. It's uh, So we use the Hangar One Mandarin Vodka with a little bit of fresh orange juice – uh, ginger beer and fresh lime juice. It's just nice and refreshing in the morning. So, call it a breakfast meal because of the orange juice. Yeah, of course. That makes <laughs> I was sense. busy so. sipping things. What's this last? Yeah. So what you make? Okay. Us? So that is called the black walnut cask. That it's is made. Good. Oh, you like it? Oh, oh yeah. I'm so glad. It's made with a 14 year uh, Balvini Caribbean cask. Mm. So they actually, with this single malt scotch, they actually finish off um, in rum barrels. So it gives it a little added sweetness. The, to the Balvini. I also put the blackberry-infused aged balsamic vinegar. I love using balsamics and vinegars. Well, you like using vinegars. Yeah, lo- That's really interesting. I you love don't it. hear a lot about that. I mean, mm-hmm. you hear shrubs, yeah. which have that vinegary mm-hmm. quality. Well, it's very similar, yeah. Very right. S- but um, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, it's. I, I love it. And I think, I mean, vinegar is good for you. But, yeah. Vinegar is good for you. So, yes, so it is. So you should one of these so every morning. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll live forever. No, mm-hmm. there's I'm also, already living forever. <laughs> there's also help. some uh, black walnut bitters in there and uh, fresh lemon juice. It's, you know, with it's very berry forward mm-hmm. without being sweet. That's what's so fascinating about it. It's a really good cocktail. Oh, thank you. Um, all your cocktails are really well balanced. Oh, They're thank very you so good. much. Yeah, That's what I go for. I've got a buzz on here. <laughs> I'm, I'm a cheap date, I'll yeah. admit, but. Don't that say is true. It. Don't say a word. I Just wasn't going to say it. Leave it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is really delicious. Oh, I, you I'm know, glad. when I hear vinegar, that there's vinegar in my drink, I get a little, you know, but this is great. I'm glad. I'm glad. And it's also a way to try to get, you know, the more female-friendly audience who's a little more shy towards whiskeys or bourbons. 
scotches to kind of slowly start to get into that as well. Do you find that? Do you find that women are sort of shy when it comes to the dark liquor? Yes. Really? (laughs) Very much so. You don't hang out with my friends. Oh, well, maybe I need to. So so are you doing things to to sort of engage people with the cocktail program? I mean, at the restaurant in Percival, is it an educated consumer who's coming in who understands the cocktail program and understands the work that you're doing, or do you have to sort of Teach. help them along? It really is a mix. Mm-hmm. We, we have such a unique clientele there, I feel, because we have so many people that come in from the city or come in from different different parts of Maryland, all over, really. And then you have a lot of your local people. Wait, Percival is in Maryland? It's, it's, it's right outside Virginia. of Leesburg. Do you yeah, know Leesburg? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, right. It's about it, 10 it, minutes it connects, away. Yeah. Right, right. Loudoun County. Loudoun County. Right. These yep. kids from New Jersey. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> So, it was in Virginia, but I mean, said my problem is that Percival and Camp Springs could not be farther apart than they are. We have a great clientele there. I, I really mm-hmm. have liked that so far. It's just all different kinds. Of, we have a lot of political people that come in. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of foodies that come in. I mean, it's just it's a really neat group. So. Well, so the restaurant has been known. I mean, it's been around for a while. Right. And it's so it, 15 years, I want to say. 14 yeah. Or 15, and it's yeah. been known as like a destination restaurant mm-hmm. in the Loudoun County area. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in Loudoun County right now. I mean, it's just exploding with distilleries and breweries and oh, and, yeah. and vineyards. Um, Remember so when Catoctin Creek came in and it was their first time they had just started and there was mm-hmm. nobody else out there. Now it's, you know. Oh, and I love Catoctin. I actually use a couple of their rye whiskeys on, on the menu as yeah, well. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. You have so much in your like backyard to use. Oh, it's so I love it. It's like a, it's a playground. It's right. so much fun. And um, does the restaurant really support and the chef really support your experimenting with the bar program? A hundred percent. Yes, very much so. So that's been that's been really fun as well. It's mm-hmm. Like just work. It's just easy when you when you work with everyone who's kind of all on the same page and wanting the same things. So. Can you talk a little bit? We haven't talked about the restaurant, uh, uh, the menu at the restaurant, mm-hmm. and that would be good to know, too. It goes with all these good cocktails. So it's, I mean, uh, the food there is just phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. But we, there's a lot of um, really nice salads highlighted, obviously, from local farms, most of mm-hmm. the ingredients. Um, it's it's your basic, I mean, it's, it's very American cuisine. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, we have a veal shank on the menu, which is really, really phenomenal. We have... Mm-hmm. Different um, steak options, uh, beautiful lamb chops that are double cut on the bone that are on the menu as well. Yum. Uh, um, homemade pastas. I'm the like list goes hungry. On. We have a brick <laughs> oven, so we do uh, brick oven pizzas as well. Uh oh. So throw down <laughs> on the pizzas. A Biagio, hand me a box. I'm just gonna eat some raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So. All right. Well, listen. We really appreciate you coming and making all these fabulous cocktails for us. Obviously, everybody should go out. Uh, and give it a try. Brunch sounds great. Um, oh, so can you tell everybody where they can find you, please, uh, online uh, area and uh, Instagram, please? Yes, so um, we're magnoliasatthemill.com, mm-hmm. um, located in Percival, Virginia. And Okay, so, so um, <laughs> you can find the Instagram on my account, and I will put it there for oh. people to find. How about that? <laughs> thank you. Okay, great. Thank you so much for thank joining you. us today. And we want to thank everybody uh For joining us on Foodie and the Beast, uh, there is so much going on in and around the D.C. metro area. If you go to the list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that covers everything happening here, you will find the latest in restaurant openings, the latest in restaurants that are supposed to open, events galore. So everything you need for Labor Day, the Jewish holidays, back to school, and back to fun. So if you want to go out to the newest restaurants or uh, wine dinners 
or other things that are happening in and around the area, you can find it all there. Do not forget the Rammies. They are coming September 19th. You have until Monday, August 30th, to make your... um, Buy your tickets, and you cannot get tickets unless you are vaccinated. And they are asking for proof of vaccination. So if you haven't gotten your shot, now is your moment. What do you want to uh, say? Well, you didn't mention uh, gift suggestions for my birthday. I'm just hoping those are on there, too. Of course. And also, it is David's birthday on August 31st, so I mean, please send money for David. Thank you. Yeah, forget uh, the gifts <laughs> and, and send cashier's checks, please. Exactly. Or, and soupy sales obviously, he could be... Um, Bought with Carbonara. So we want to thank everybody for joining us today. Support local. Remember, staffing is still an issue. So when you go into your restaurant, if it's taking some time or they can't seat you right away, the tables are empty for a reason. It's because they can't fill their staff. So be kind while you're out there. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask when asked. And And don't forget about Jane Jane, now open on 14th Street because it's really cool. Okay. Uh, And everybody, please have a safe and delicious week and a great Labor Day. 